Hey everybody, you're kicking it with the homeboys and the homeboys podcast where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, we're going to give you over 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we've got a very exciting and relevant topic. We are talking with Kyle Thompson, who is in charge of all of our construction and rehab divisions here within our businesses. He uh, He's an expert. He came to us by way of through insurance adjusting. And this is a topic that everyone needs to listen to. Finding good contractors and finding the right people to work on your homes is really hard. People don't want to work anymore. So anyhow, without further ado, Mr. Kyle Thompson, how are we? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, obviously we're really good friends and um, you know work together. It's kind of a, a little different scenario getting us behind the mic here, but it's good to it's good to be be here with you today. Definitely, I'm uh, I'm excited to be on here. Um, I'm glad that you and Bryce asked me to be a part of it, and looking forward to it. So, a little segue, you know, um, Kyle and I normally, we you know, when we're not talking about um, rehabs and construction, we're talking golf. You know, so we're coming off of a pretty big, uh, pretty big weekend, Masters weekend, Easter weekend. So, uh, it turned out the way you wanted it to. Definitely, um, big PGA guy. So you know, seeing John Rom win um, Seve's birthday, it was it was just a cool experience. The you know, texting you on Saturday saying this is boring, and I was tired of watching it. <laughs> That's so, all it took, yeah, man. Yeah. Shit changed real yeah, quick. I said that, and then Sunday turned out to be awesome. So I could, I mean, it was perfect. Well, we're uh, we play some golf together. We talk a, a lot of golf, but you know, everything kind of gets trumped by. Uh, you know, our rehab and construction discussions and, you know, I'm very blessed to, to, to be able to, to work with you every day and uh, kind of just give us a, a, a general background real quick about, uh, about you and, you know, how you got into this business and kind of your different roles within, you know, rehab and construction. Yeah. So, um, I started in the golf industry, um, you know, and, and most golf pros know that you don't make a lot of money unless you're on TV. So it kind of started there. Um, and I got introduced to insurance, um, at the golf course, there's a lot of insurance agents and, and people that come out that, um, you know, play golf and you meet a lot of people in the golf industry. So that took me down the path of, you know, being an independent insurance adjuster. Um, I did that for 10 plus years, kind of gave me a pretty good construction background of how to put a house back together after people's been through tragedies. So that kind of spiked into my wife and I having um, kids and she got tired of me traveling the country and said, Hey, it's, it's time to stop. Um, so obviously climbing roofs and knowing insurance turned into where I'm at today. And, um, you know, running a construction company is pretty has its ups and downs, but it's pretty exciting. You know, I, I love it. And, um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. You know, it's it's you and I are very similar in the fact we've been we've been doing this a long time. We kind of it's kind of in our blood. We kind of kind of know it. But you know, I, I really worry about some of the um, new real estate investors or even homeowners for that matter that need you know maintenance you know help at their their house. It seems like so few people you know youngsters are going into the trades these days. It's just not, 
an option like it used to be. And I don't know if it's, you know, part of the social media age and people being, you know, plugged in, you know, more as opposed to, you know, whenever we were younger, we were working with our hands and, you know, I worked, you know, construction and farming and all of those things. It seems like those things aren't, aren't popular anymore. What do you hear in like out there in the marketplace? I mean, are people struggling? It's definitely tough. Uh, I think finding, um, people to come in and work every day is, is definitely a, a tough, you know, you're seeing it fat, you're seeing it everywhere. Fast food restaurants are shutting down because they can't have, you know, people come in and want to work. Um, and, and, you know, you say it's the generation of the kids and, you know, I've got a 14 year old at home that, you know, wants to go out and mow lawn. So, I mean, there's still, there's still a few out there, but, um, nobody's really wanting to put in the full, the full days of hard work anymore. It's, it's, few and far between for sure i think it's interesting you say that i think i need to follow up with what i say because i think so many times you know people like me will say oh well this generation doesn't want to do this or that and that's why there's fewer people going into the trades and that you know kids are lazier you know it, it starts with the parents you know it's you know the parents are 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 on their phones and disengaging and doing things just as much as 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 a youngster so you know it's it's refreshing to hear that you know you've got you know your son that's that's getting out there you know yeah, yeah asking me when he can come work for us i mean right. he's he's ready now to go trash out a house or or do whatever you know and it's like he's begging for work and i think it's because he does see that you know i i put a lot of time into work and um definitely work hard but it, it comes from definitely the household i mean i was raised by my you know my grandpa and i mean he worked every day and then in the evenings we played golf you know i mean he he worked till five six o'clock and then we played golf so i mean watching growing up watching somebody work hard like that definitely instills in you know you to to work hard but then you know i'm on my phone a lot too so i've got a i've got a six you know a four-year-old and a a nine-year-old at home that that's all they're, they're on their tablets and doing all that kind of stuff so it's i do see it in all three of my kids the difference of you know, what they're picking up on for sure. So I think it definitely starts with the parents. Well, I, I think, you know, my, my dad was so old school with everything, you know, shirt tucked in and, you know, I mean, you had to, you know, really, I mean, everything was just, was just very old school. And whenever my mom had gotten sick, um, you know, we had brought some outside, you know, help in to work with, uh, you know, some landscaping items, stuff that my dad always used to do, and some other remodeling stuff. And you know, my dad would, like, be doing covert ops, like looking out the window and, like, peeking around corners inside the house and, like, catching people on their phones. And, like, you would literally, you know, just send him to, like, the war- the worst place ever, you know. Ah, out there on their phone they picked one weed in the last 60 seconds you know it's uh you know he had such a hard time and it's a generational thing i mean you know it's 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 just uh it's just how it how it is but you know i i see it in real estate where you know me and my wife are involved in church we have a pretty big you know social circle and you know what i hear whenever i'm talking to people is yeah i need x y and z done at my house but I can't, I can't find anybody. You know, I'm calling people, and I can't even get people to show up. I mean, I th- feel like it's just people are really struggling to get, you know, any kind of connection with with good, you know, quality people. 
That that is Dev. I mean, I I think you know a lot of the referral side of the business that I get is because no matter what time someone calls, um, my my wife hates it, but no matter what time someone calls, I'm probably going to answer it, um, just because I don't want to be known as the guy that oh I can never get a hold of him. So I make sure that I over communicate of what's going on, even if it's nine o'clock at night, because I've been in the field all day. But the the key to you know. A successful business, I think, is the communication and, and letting people know that they hired the right guy that, yeah, something may have went wrong, but we're talking about it and I'm not just blowing them off. I think that's huge. Yeah, I've got I think that's a really good point. And you know, I go on vacation with my uh, with my childhood best friend. His name is Jeremy Ebley. He owns uh, Ebley Heating and Air Conditioning. You know, you said that about your wife, you know, not liking it. I mean, it literally does not matter what we're doing while we're on vacation that that man does not answer his phone. I mean, he could be, he could be on a, on a go-kart going around a go-kart track, you know, it's heavily eating and air conditioning, you know, I mean, he could be out to eat. I mean, it's like, you know, get ice cream with the kids that, you know, it's nonstop. I mean, he, and because of that, you know, I mean, he's, he's very successful and you know great at what he what he does but it's a that's a dying art form you know that you know that that you know i say art form but i mean it's just a you know that attentiveness is just it's not there you know anymore you know and so what would would you recommend that if someone's out there looking for you know an hvac contract or a roofer um you know electrician I mean, shouldn't that be one of their prerequisites is that, that opening communication? Don't you see with most contractors, if they're communicating like crap whenever you're trying to hire them for the first time, isn't it going to be like that for most likely ongoing? De- definitely. I, I think the, you know, with, with social media now, um, like on, on all these, you know, Facebook pages where, you know, neighborhood communities and, and they'll tag, you'll see it all the time. It'll be, you know, a hundred comments on the, on those type of requests, like, Hey, looking for a roofer. Well, then there's a hundred tags, you know, Oh, I had a great experience with this guy. And it's like weeding through that. You're never really going to know until you have the experience of your, you know, going through it yourself. And it's like, Oh, maybe I should have made this choice or that choice. But, um, that's, what's scaring a lot of people is, you know, it may have been a great experience for you, but you know, you never know in construction, you never know what you're going to run into. So Sometimes it could not be the contractor. Mm-hmm. It could just be that, you know, you got a 1900 home and it's got a lot of issues. And, um, but yeah, the communication is, is key, but it's tough with social media because you don't really know who to pick. That's where people are going. It's not a, a phone book or reviews. I, I think with Google reviews and a lot of the stuff that you can do to build the business. But again, from that, you know, there's ways to manipulate those numbers and reviews to still get a bad contractor with that. So I think, I think a lot of people don't understand that just because they're, you know, Google guaranteed and that kind of stuff. Cause we run into that being a small business that, um, Google guaranteed doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right contractor. It just means that they, they did the right stuff to get there, you know? Well, it could mean they've got the biggest family and they've all, they've all given a five star, you know, you know, review. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's hard, you know, and (laughs) You know, it's funny, you know, we're, we're a, uh, you know, also run a, you know, one of the largest property management companies in the state of Indiana. And, you know, part of being a property manager has been, you know, we're, we're working for the owners of these properties and we're also working for the tenants. Um, you know, sometimes the tenants don't pay their rent and when they don't pay their rent, 
you know, we have we we have a fiduciary duty to the owner of that property. We have to evict them. That fiduciary duty means we have to represent our client um, in you know their best interest and maximize the profits. So we have to we have to get rid of you know tenants, and sometimes we get rid of a tenant, and um, they'll go to Google and write a nasty review just because we we were forced to 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 evict. You know, in right. actuality, the only thing we were doing was our jobs and protecting protecting our client. I know that's not really popular. No one, you know, a lot of people out there think that property management companies are evil that uh, because they're evicting. Well, we have we have to evict, and um, so the you know that's just another incident. You know, incident where instance, excuse me, where Google reviews aren't don't always yeah. you know aren't always legit. Um, you know, so as far as being a real estate investor, you know, I think one of the most challenging things is finding the right contractor. You know, Scotty and I on here, you know, we preach that, you know, turnkey investing is a way to get in where, you know, uh, you've got a reputable company that's already doing all the work for you. But then there's lots of people that are doing, you know, the burst strategy where, you know, you buy, renovate, you know, rent, refinance, repeat, um, so they're using their their own contractor. What is one of the best ways to vet, you know, a contractor? What's you know, people are running into, you know, people are getting screwed over left and right. It seems like it's even more than it used to be. And I remember when I first got in this business, I was getting screwed over, you know, quite a bit. What's what should people be looking for whenever they're getting into business with with a contractor? I think from an investment side, as far as like a, a real estate flip, if, if we're just looking at that scenario, um, you know, I met a couple of investors up in Muncie a couple of weeks ago and, and we walked around a property. And I think if you almost do an interview, um, Hey, come out, I want to look at this property. And, and you're almost doing an interview with the contractor. I, I could walk around a property with, with four contractors and, and know, what they specialize in just by four different meetings with, with each individual. And I think, you know, from an insurance standpoint, that's because we don't just specialize in one thing. We specialize in pretty much all aspects of the home itself. So walking around there, you know, if, if someone's really knowledgeable about roofing, they're going to talk about every aspect of the roof. If they're really knowledgeable on foundations or, or siding or that kind of stuff, you're, you're going to, you're going to know, if, if they know a little bit about everything, then it's, it's probably they're, you know, pretty well off of, mm-hmm. of what you're looking for on a rehab. Um, but it, it kind of just depends of what you're looking to do at the house or what it needs. But if they're just focusing on a couple aspects of the house, then, you know, you may want, you know, look at other options for a full rehab. There's a lot that goes into that. Most general contractors should be pretty, you know, have a pretty good idea about every aspect of the home and then they're going to sub out each aspect of that. So finding a general contractor for an investment property is, is definitely the way to go. Not just a, you know, a roofing contractor or an HVAC, you know, you want somebody that's, that's specialized in a little bit of everything. And I know some people get scared of any time they, they do work with somebody that is subbing out the work. Like we're, you know, people feel for some reason like, oh, well, you know, I hired them to do the work and then they're, you know, subbing it out. That means I should be getting it, getting it cheaper. You know, you want your contractor subbing out the work. You know, I, I just ran across this. I've got a, a rental in Panama City Beach, Florida. We were down there for spring break and got a contractor down there. 
great guy. I trust him. Great guy. But it's a husband and wife team. And we've got a remodel coming up. We're, we're planning for this remodel that's in the fall. You have to do it early because it's always rented down on the, on the beach. But he was saying, well, I mean, this, this rehab is going to take me, you know, probably six, six weeks. You know, and a lot of that six weeks, I'm not going to have my helper because my wife does all of the painting. And I'm like, dude, you should sub that out. He's like, well, you know, I mean, I always try to keep, you know, costs in line, you know, with, uh, you know, with my customers. I'm like, dude, you know, I want you doing it, doing it right. And, you know, you being able to have an extra hand while you're doing all this tile work for me, you know, I, I've got no problem with you making X amount of money just to get a paint crew in here to do it. If that's going to take her a month, I mean, heck you could get a paint crew that comes in there and does it in two days. Correct. Then you save all of that, save all of that time, you know, but I think, you know, you get in the investing world where people think cheapest is best. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I made that mistake early on in my career thinking, oh, I got to get everything as, you know, as cheap as possible. I had a guy that uh, gave me the cheapest flooring quote that I could possibly imagine. I wrote him a deposit for the flooring, never heard from him again. Um, there's a reason why it was the cheapest. You know, I've had, you know, the 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 cheapest electrician uh, come out and do things, and literally my house was just one giant fire hazard. You know, people have to really be cautious, and I want your thoughts on because you know we've seen material prices go up, and people are trying to skimp everywhere. You know, how's that? How's that world look? And what's your recommendation for people? Not necessarily going as cheap as humanly possible. I, I think when, um, and I, I keep going on social media because, you know, I, I look at it every day to where people are saying, um, hey, I'm looking for a cheap, reputable, you know, roofer or contractor. And and when you get into that, if if you have a guy that's going to show up and, and you know, you kind of know who those one-off people are when they, when they show up and they say, hey, um, is there a way that you can give me cash? Or can you, can you make this, you're not making the payments out to a company. Uh, you know, I, I recommend everybody kind of staying away from that. Um, but interviewing who you're going to have do the work and doing the research of what you're having done ahead of time. Mm -hmm. That way, when they come out, I mean, I, I run into people all the time that, you know, with YouTube now, they're watching YouTube videos about how their soffit should go on you know, and, and they're quizzing me when I'm out there right. to make sure that I know what's going on. And I think, you know, it helps and hurts a homeowner when they're looking at social media and they're like, well, I watched and, you know, my flooring should be going down this way, you know, and, and YouTube videos, you know, there's 20 for the same flooring install that, you know, I, I just think reviewing and, and, you know, interviewing who you're going to have, you're going to build a relationship and understand who you're doing the work with. Yeah. So we get it, you know, cause we, we cater to the, uh, you know, the retail community and I enjoy that particular sale, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of people that are looking to do, do different things. And, you know, sometimes they will have already, you know, went to somebody else and, you know, we give them a price on something and then they'll say, well, I met with somebody and they can do it for, for this. And, you know, I'm like, that person is not making any money, you know, on this. They quoted you a price where there's no way that they're making any money. 
And that's a dangerous place, in my opinion, for someone to be in. That if you're going into business with someone that's 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 bidding so low, where they're not making any money, they don't know what they're doing. You you're getting into bed with a contractor that has no experience, and you know sometimes cheapest ends up being the most expensive. I mean, you see it all the time, right? Yep. Contractors screwing people over. Definitely. I, I, I think I'll tell a little story here about, I, you know, I live in Cicero, Indiana, and um, they have a library needing a roof. And, and we just lost the bid to that because we were, you know, we were the cheapest contractor. But in a scenario that people don't understand is, you know, we were still, ma- you know, we were, we were predicted to make around $30,000 on that job. And, and they should have went with us, but they're going with a, a more expensive bid, thinking that we were the inexperienced one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes, you know, being the cheapest isn't the best. And, and you know, I, I just learned that the hard way. But it's also that, um, you know, when, when someone's saying that, it's we don't need all those jobs. You know, I, I think it's, you know, hey, if, if you have somebody, you know, that can do it cheaper and, and you feel good about it, then go ahead. Right. You know, and if, if they call back in six months, it's, you know, you don't have to do that. I told you so. But, you know, I, I learned the hard way that we don't need all those jobs. There's plenty of work. So it's it's if we're going out and giving good bids and we feel good about it and, and the customer doesn't, it's probably best that we don't want to work with that customer as well. So um, I think that's what I'm starting to learn with, with some of these biddings. I mean, you're frustrated but it's let them figure that out. If, you know, you know, when they're, do, when they're doing the bidding process, they're going to find out the hard way, you know? Yeah. So, well, you know, and, and I think you're, I think you're right to, I mean, to all those contractors that are, that are listening out there. If you're, if you're working with, uh, with customers that just want to beat you up left and right, you probably don't want to, you know, want to work with those people. You know, we had a situation, um, I think it was like the, the early this last this last spring where you know a, a client of ours on the property management side called in you know exceptionally mad because they got charged uh $50 for us to mow their yard and he's like you know I I live in California and I'm you know I've got a neighbor kid that does our yard it's about the same size you know quarter of an acre and they do for $25 and you know, I'm like, Mr. Homeowner, you know, we've got a company that has their mower on a trailer that they have to get in and drive a truck, you know, across town, you know, to do this. It takes gas to get over there. They've got insurance. They've got a mower that needs maintenance, the mower that needs gas, and all of their time, you know, for $50. Like, and you wanted them for 25 you know. It's not happening, you know, and, you know, I say that, you know, I care about our customers big time, you know, but, you know, in those situations, I'm quick to say, I really need you to think about whether or not you want to work with us or not, because if you're going to hit me up over $50 to, to mow your yard, you know, which is a very fair price, you're going to be mad about everything. And, you know, I, I think it, it may be best to go off somewhere else. And, in fact, those situations, I recommend that they not get into investment property at all. Absolutely. You know, I've got a, a, a Airbnb property in, in Fort Myers, Florida. I think I paid $100, you know, to, to have, you know, my third of an acre, you know, yard mode. You know, and I, is it more than I'd want to pay? Sure. But, I mean, 
at least I know it's done and it's done right, you know. So people really got to be cautious about, um, you know, cheapest being some sometimes being a little bit more expensive and, you know, get some quality work, you know. De- definitely, because what happens is, is if you lower your price and, and then, you know, you're frustrated, it's just better off not to do that. Is if, if I'm dropping my price to, you know, make you happy and give you what you want, those are always the ones that when something something's going to go wrong later, and they want you to be right there to fix it. And it's like, I didn't make any money on that job. So I, I think staying away from some of those is always the best because you're, it's going to come back to bite you later. Right. And, and I think learning that it took me a long time because I'm a people pleaser and it took me a long time to realize that. But I think, you know, if, if you do good work, you're responsive, you stand behind what you're doing and, and the product you put out, it's going to speak for itself. And that's what kind of builds that referral basis. And, you know, from an investment standpoint, I mean, you know, ask around of, of other, like if, if I was going to do an investment property, I, I would reach out to, you know, someone like you and say, Hey, who do you use for this kind of stuff? You know, and, and like pick people's brain before you go get into a major project. And, and I think that's, that's the key to it. What are the other big challenges you're seeing out there in the marketplace? Lead times, rising costs. What's uh, what are you seeing out there? I think it's getting better now, but you know, Windows are still a struggle right now. Um, you know, nobody knows when windows are coming in. COVID had a huge impact on availability for product. Um, and it's, you know, especially a lot of the specialty stuff. So if you're looking to get, you know, you know, new windows and, and big, you know, rehab projects, definitely, you know, make sure that you're doing it in line where, Hey, you don't want to go rip all this stuff off because it's going to be a year before you get the windows that you're wanting. And, um, doors and that kind of stuff. Um, so material is still tough, but it's getting better on like the roofing side of things, but, um, windows, doors, all that it's, it's still stuff, you know, it's tough. I'm so pissed off. I, I'm doing it, you know, because you're, you're doing a lot of the work, but you know, I'm doing a garage remodel and you know, I, I got these windows at home Depot because the salesman said four to six weeks. And after it was six weeks, you know, I, called to see what was going on and it's going to be an additional eight, you know? So, I mean, you know, it's going to end up being 14, you know, weeks when they told me four to six, I'm really ticked off about it. Like really, really ticked off about it. You know, I think it was, I'm still not done with them. I'm going to you know, go in there and talk to a manager. I mean, I, I would not have bought them. I bought them because of what they told me. And I think it's, you know, BS that they, they told me that to get me to sign up, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the stock windows. You, know, you used to be able to go in and take them out that day, or if not, a week. Right. You know, and now it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, three months, you know, to, to get it. It's uh, just bonkers. And I'm sick of the whole COVID thing. Like, you know, like, you know, I know that's what happened, but like, all right, that was 2020. This is 2023. Come on, people, get it together and get the product out there. I just don't. I don't get it. You know. Yeah. Well, like like the the plywood and you know some of the stuff that they're like, oh, you know, they're they just wanted to jack the prices up, you know. And I, I think with like the windows and you know they were able to do that, and you know it's it's the same. You know, sheets of plywood are never going to go back down to the nine ten dollar you know range that we were paying. And get to fifty five, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, you know, and the other thing I see is like, 
products aren't the, the quality of even some of the mechanical, you know, um, stuff like like HVAC equipment and um, water heaters. It's just not it's not as good as it used to be. And you know, up to about five years ago, I would I used to tell people, you know, you're there's a a, um, a bigger chance that you would see a twenty year old water heater than an eight year old water heater. Definitely, you know, because they they made them so much better. You know, back then, it's just I don't know. It just seems like you know, product quality has has kind of went down. People really need to be cautious of that because it eats into real estate investors, you know, profits. Yeah, they they you know, washing machines, you know, water heaters, the stuff that you're talking about is when they were building them like that. Well, now if they don't build them like that, you're going to be replacing them, and they're making more money. You know, it's all just you know keeps falling downhill. So I used to say like whenever I was in uh, you know in college, we were all playing video games. That they would, uh, that they purposely made those video game controllers, like you know, out of paper clips and and notebook paper, because so you'd have to go buy more of them. Because you know, we get ticked off, you know, throw them across, you know, you're playing, uh, you know, Tiger Woods golf, yeah, you know, getting ticked it. off, throwing, throwing the controller. Oh, it's it's gone, right? Know? But uh, it's kind of like how you know, water heaters and HVAC equipment is today. Yeah, know? vehicles. Even I mean, it's it's everything that. They don't make it like they used to because you got to keep buying it, you know? Yeah. If, if they made it like they used to, it's like, you know, we don't, you're not spending the money. Very true. You know, we get, we get on here and, you know, sound like a couple of old fuddy duddies, you know, there's, you know, it used to be so much better back then and this, well, kind of was my opinion, you know, that was a little better, but, uh, but anyhow, well, Kyle, it's been awesome having you on. Yeah, man. it's a pleasure. You know, uh, we we'll keep fighting the good fight with the the contractor world, and um, you know, you make it so much easier to uh, to navigate through this. Like I said, especially with your background coming from insurance and knowing all of that. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's good to have you on here and your advice out there because we've got a lot of listeners that you know have a lot of concerns about contractors. Yeah, and I, I'm pleased to answer any of those, and I appreciate the opportunity, and you know, keep keep pushing forward so well it's a beautiful day out there i think you said you were gonna go hit some golf balls here in a little bit so i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna let i'm gonna well, let you do that i'm jealous we're gonna be playing golf soon though but can't uh, wait so thank you so much yep. yep so that's our show if you've made it this far we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on spotify or apple podcasts it really helps us to grow our podcast and reach as many people as we can to help them understand the world of real estate investing You can also find some short form content on TikTok. Our TikTok is at the Homeboys Podcast, where you can learn even more about the power of real estate. Till next time, homies. Happy investing.